0: Holiday your heart out at Old Navy. Today only, all hats, gloves, and scarves are 50% off. Plus, get 40% off your entire purchase today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Hats, gloves, and
1: scarves valid 1120. 40% valid 1115 to 1120. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Love Talk Radio.
2: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. I'm a naturopathic doctor practicing here in San Diego, California. As I mentioned last week on the show, I have a new practice, very, very exciting stuff. It's up in Encinitas, California. Check out the website, DrLaurenNoel.com, for information, for hours, for directions. I'm super excited about it. Tonight's show is all about your noodle. How do you clear the fog of the brain? How do you keep your brain sharp? How do you boost your memory? How do you prevent cognitive decline like dementia and Alzheimer's? And if these diseases have already set in, what can be done with natural medicine to halt these diseases or even reverse them? We'll be discussing all of this on the show tonight and more. We'll be taking your questions as usual on the phone lines, 818-495-6919. That's 818-495-6919. And on Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com slash Dr. Noel. That's D-R-L-O-N-O-E-L. And on Twitter at Dr. Lauren Noel. If you missed last week's show, it was actually a pretty interesting topic. It was all about EMF, that's so electromagnetic fields, and it was with guest Dr. Daniel Chong. And we talked all about what's going on with wireless connections with cell phones and laptops and you know just all these weird technologies that are happening and what's really going on from a health standpoint with that. And also, realistically, this technology is not going anywhere. So knowing that, how can we actually protect ourselves in a realistic way? If you missed the show, it was a good one. Check it out on the uh, website as well as all the archive shows at drlaurennoel.com. I want to give you some announcements for upcoming shows. We have a great lineup next week, October 11th. We'll have Mark Sisson. He is the author of The Primal Blueprint. Super excited to have him. I got a little starstruck when I met him at the Ancestral Health Symposium, so I'm really excited to have him on the show. Uh, October 20th, that'll actually be on a Thursday of the following week. We'll have Walter Crinion on the show. He is a naturopathic doctor, pretty much DC known specialist in environmental medicine. And he's the author of Clean, Green, and Lean, all about how to lose weight by detoxifying your body. October 25th, the following week, with Carrie, Dr. Carrie Louise Danelle. She is a naturopathic doctor, and we'll be talking all about to heal the aging metabolism. So, the older you're getting, you notice you're not, you know, losing weight as easy as you did in the past, and what's really going on with that. It'll be a great show. She is actually the ND who healed me back in the day when I was really sick. So a very, very special woman in my life. And then on November 1st, really excited Chris Cresser, the amazing Chris Cresser of Healthy Skeptic, he will be on the show to talk about the Healthy Baby Code, all about how to get pregnant be healthy when you're pregnant, and then the best way to, um, you know, breastfeed your child and have healthy babies is all about the Healthy Baby Code. And just booked this show for November. Tori Hudson, the amazing Dr. Tori Hudson, the author of the Encyclopedia of Women's Health, she'll be on to talk about women's health. So that's the lineup coming up. Tonight's show, we have a very special guest on the show, Dr. Abu Nassar. He is a medical doctor. He's board-certified in internal medicine, geriatrics, and anti-aging medicine. He's been in practice for over 10 years and is a frequent lecturer on the use of anti-aging medicine in the prevention of disease. His passion is in dementia using science-based non-toxic therapies and supplementation, and we'll be talking all about dementia and brain power tonight. So, Dr. Nassar, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you.
0: Thank you very much, Lauren, for your kind words. And uh, Yes. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, like we talk a great deal about heart health, we talk a great deal about gut health, we talk a great deal about women's health issues, but you know what? You know, the brain health is something which is not adequately discussed. You know, there's not adequate awareness in the community, and you know, I've done a lot of personal research on how to optimize your brain function.
2: Absolutely, I'm looking forward to talking about it tonight. you know, yeah its it's it's true. we It's sort of a vague area when we're talking about the brain. It's like people know they're they're not thinking as clearly. they don't really understand what affects their brain and what helps them think clearly. so it's I'm really excited we're going to be talking a little bit about that tonight um let's Let's learn a little bit more about you so for for our listeners, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey in getting to where you are now.
0: Really you know, I've been a wisdom trained doctor. You know, I, you know, got my medical degree and then I did a master's in public health. And then, you know, while I was practicing internal medicine and I felt the shortcomings of what Western medicine has to offer, what we have in the United States is what I call that, you know, I, I hate to say that I work for health care. You know, we work for ailing or illness care. You know, we don't work for optimizing true health. And that kind of got me highly, uh, you know, motivated to get into this realm, this beautiful realm of naturopathic medicine, as well as looking for natural methods. You know, our body and our brain has got a very miraculous way of healing, provided we give the body and our mind that opportunity. Unfortunately here in the Western world what we do is we have taken recourse to expensive drugs and medications. We think that they'll be the panacea, the cure-all, but all those medications have got potential side effects. They do interact with each other adversely. And finally, those medications have no proven benefits. You know, there is a lot of rapport about, you know, drugs like Adicept and drugs like Demanda. You know, it's a billion-dollar drug, but it does very little compared to what we have in our nature store and in our nature's treasure. We have to unlock that treasure box and we need to, you know, indulge ourselves with what nature and God has offered us to go to to address or to follow the path of optimum health and recovery and to be having a vibrant lifestyle.
2: Hmm. I love it. I uh I, I tease you sometimes when we're doing rounds together saying how you sound like a naturopathic doctor undercover. Um here what I is am, it about? You, know, my soul is you really are. <laughs> <laughs> I love. One time you said um, you were introducing me to a patient. and You said, "This is Doctor Noel, and she's naturopathic, and all other doctors are psychopathic." I thought <laughs> was really funny. <laughs> in,
0: in, in a way, you know, like if you are, if you work for the pharmaceutical industries, if you are busy selling drugs, I think you know my statement is not. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty okay, you know. I didn't want to digress, that's for sure.
2: Well, I try I try to keep the peace and, you know, make sure I'm respecting all fields, but I just think it's pretty funny. You talk very candidly and, you know, you you are a conventionally trained medical doctor, so what is it that really um, you know, set you apart, I guess, in your philosophy? I mean, were you raised this way or did you just practice conventionally and see that it wasn't working as well or what what happened for you?
1: I have to,
0: you know, date back to my old childhood memories. You know, like my grandmother, she used to live in a very rural village in India, right about 40 miles east of where Mother Teresa used to uh, live. And uh, I used to go and when I was a kid. I used to jump from the tree. I used to have, you know, like I used to bleed. And, you know, like Mr. T, that, you know, she's doing something under which is But believe it or not, Lauren, she used to get some plants, some herbs, and she used to treat me. And I used to get better. You know, I used to get GI problems and she used to make a, I call it a witch's brew, a soup or something from different herbs. And that mm-hmm. actually instilled a great deal of faith and confidence in, you know, naturopathic medicine. You know, as I mentioned that our body has the ability to heal, provided we provide the right stimulus, the right conducive environment to health and wellness. So as I grew up, you know, I went to, you know, I had a conventional medical training. but You know what? I started figuring out, while getting into geriatrics, the the lack, the deficits, the shortcomings of the Western method of treatments, you know, like where we are trying to deal with symptoms. We are not dealing with the root cause. And we are, you know, like pounding our patients with billion-dollar drugs, which has not much proven benefits. So then I started looking into, the newer VISTA or Horizon, you know, trust me, you know, like simply if you take a good quality fish oil which has got a very high DHA content, you can reduce the risk for having dementia by 40%. Now we have a new study which is called like MIDAS, which stands for M-I-D-A-S, like memory improvement for tocohexanoic acid study, which can actually, which substantiates the findings that you can reverse memory loss if you take a high content of DHA. It sounds fishy, you know, you you get it from the fish or, you know, you can get it from fish oils. but those products, those natural products have a much better track record than, you know, those conventional drugs we are using on a daily basis on our patients, which actually does not much good, but, you know, has the potential to do greater harm, you know, and that actually baffles me, you know, as a patient advocate, you know, I have to do what is right for the patient. You know, my loyalty goes to the patient, not to the pharmaceutical industries, you know, which we try to talk their products. Now, there is a lot of things out in the nature, Lauren. We can actually consume it. We can use it for the best of our health and wellness. And we can talk about it during the radio show.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I love I love doing rounds with you because it's amazing how it seems like your goal is so frequently to take patients off of unnecessary medications because they're on, at times, 20, 30 medications, and you, as the doctor, have to really deal with all the potential side effects, and I just love to see it because it's, you know, it's so rare to see a doctor taking patients off of medications whenever he can.
0: Do you know what, Lauren? The statistics is very grim. An average U.S. senior is on 14 different types of medications. Now, the the chief of geriatrics from Harvard You know, he gave a beautiful quote that if you are on eight or more drugs, you know, prescriptional drugs, your risk for having an adverse drug response is not 90%, it's almost 100%. So, you know, like we see all those interactions. You know, we give adicept. What happens is, you know, patients end up up having urinary incontinence. That's what happens with the drug. And then we give a drug for urinary incontinence. So then we keep, then you start having dry mouth. So, we give you a drug for the dry mouth, and then it, the, the list keeps adding on and on and on. And then what happens is that there is a potential spiraling evidence of patient deterioration from having all those adverse drug reactions. And that is very, very pathetic. You know, once we see that patients are having the side effects and we put a drug to cure the side effect, eventually we are compounding the problem. And we must have proper strategies to prevent this kind of adverse reactions.
2: Absolutely. Well, I think it really comes down to philosophy. You know, are you looking at managing symptoms or are you really looking to address the cause of the condition in the first place? And that leads me to the question, why is memory loss, brain fog, you know, brain problems, dementia, Alzheimer's, why are these things such a problem now? What's your take on that?
0: Well, you know, the problems are like, you know, it's just like a car. You know, you have to get a good engine. You know, you have to get good fuel. You know, there are, you know, a lot of neurotransmitters. That is electric firing. That is a a lot of, you know, signals that has been transferred from one neuron to another. And all the neurons, you know, they have a way of communicating with each other. We call it synaptic connections. That means all the neurons, they do talk. The more activities we do, mental activities, the less stressful environment we are in, the more we nature and nurture our brain we develop more synaptic connections and you can do it over as you age that's the reason you get more experience doing something over and over again so once you adopt a lifestyle which is pro inflammatory diets with fatty fried foods you know high you know like you know high you know red meats you know fatty foods when you are taking a lot of processed foods what happens is your brain you know, has to thrive on 100% off you know, It thrives on very high-quality fuel. If you feed your body with poor-quality food, food which has got no nutritional value, here in the U.S., and I call it, there is fatty food, that is uh, sugarless food. There is also you know, foodless food as well. That is food without any nutritional value. And then you have a lot of stressors. You know, you're not sleeping adequately. You are exposed to environmental toxins like agricultural pesticide toxins. What happens is the brain cannot fire the signals properly, and that leads to a condition we call brain fog. That means your brain, your thought processes is cluttered. You cannot concentrate, and you cannot come up with some solid reasoning or rational reasoning for every actions you do. That hampers your ability to think to undertake executive functions. So that all leads to what we describe nowadays as brain
2: fog. Got it. So it's, it's interesting because, you know, coming from a conventional medicine standpoint, it's really not addressed in terms of diet. It's just kind of like, you know, okay, eat well, yeah, yeah, you know, and then let's give you some medications because, it's you know, nutrition is not really a big focus in the conventional medicine setting. But really when it comes to brain fog and brain health, nutrition is key. I mean, it's really at the core of it. Exactly. Um, you know,
0: so do you know roughly how many hours a medical student spends in their whole, you know, like uh, medical student years? Only four hours in nutrition. Four to eight wow, hours.
1: Wow. Four. That's crazy. Nowadays,
0: you know, there's a big push. You know, the medical schools they are now putting a lot of emphasis on proper diet and nutrition. I think that is the key. You know, that is the holy grail for the answers to optimal brain health, cardiovascular health and overall health and well-being.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's great. They're they're leaning more towards teaching nutrition. I think the problem, though, is, you know, teaching something like the food guide pyramid where the very base of it is grains and carbs and all these things. And I know for myself with patients, I I see that the number one um, symptom for gluten sensitivity, for example, is brain fog. You know, they get off of their food You're sensitivities, correct. and their brain clears right up. But when you know they're learning this food guide pyramid in schools, and it's the base of it is something that can give brain fog, and even showing connection to degenerative diseases and autoimmune disease is just the, you know there's a problem there. So it's kind of it's hard to sift through that for you know for doctors, I think sometimes.
0: You're absolutely correct on that. You know, like you know, we have seeing a lot of patients with thyroid disorders, hypothyroidism. And once mm-hmm. you get the patients, you know, on a gluten-free diet, we have seen miraculous recovery. We have seen their thyroid function being uh, optimized in, uh, in many other conditions, but they have irritable bowel syndromes, a lot of GI distress, you know, you put patients on a gluten-free diet. And I personally, in my practice, I have seen miraculous transformations, you know, in patients' symptoms, you know, once they, you know, adopt a gluten-free diet.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and I think there's a huge connection between the, the gut health and the brain health. You know, so much of the serotonin, for example, is in the gut. You heal up the gut, and so much of those brain symptoms just clear right up. So there's definitely a connection Absolutely. between the two. Yeah.
0: You guess where Absolutely. we have most of our serotonin receptors? You know, most of the serotonin receptors are actually in our gut. That's the reason we say that we have a gut feeling. A lot mm-hmm. of you know people in the medical community even consider like gut a part of your brain, you know, with the high serotonin content, you know, they call it the peripheral brain, and that's, I think, the reasons we have this, we coined that word called gut feeling, you know, like we have a gut feeling that this thing might work or it might not work. I think that comes from the concept of there is so much serotonin receptors in the gut, which we have never thought about in the last 30, 40 years.
1: Mm hmm
2: yeah, for sure. So, you know, let's say a patient comes into to a doctor, a conventionally trained doctor. What's typically done for memory loss um, from a conventional medicine setting, and how does your approach vary? You know, how do you how do you approach it that's different?
0: Well, you know, like in the conventional medicine setting, what we do is we audit for some labs. We try to figure out whether there is anything reversible causes, like, you know, like we don't normally ch- check for heavy metal toxicity or other stuff. We do a very conventional test, you know, like complete uh, blood counts, metabolic panel, B12 levels, thyroid functions, you know, folate levels, you know, hoping that we find out some abnormalities there, you know, your cholesterol levels and all the other stuff. Then, you know, we actually go for, uh, you know, like doing some e- neuroimaging studies like, you know, MRIs. Nowadays, you know, they do functional MRIs, scannings scanning to see, you know, how well, you know, the glucose is being absorbed into your brain and uh, how optimally it's being absorbed. There are a lot of neuropsychological testings to study for dementia, but still, you know, there is a gap, you know, like we are not looking at the dietary levels. We're not looking at the nutrition. We're not looking at a lot of other vital informations that can give us the answer for curing dementia and treating patients who have got active brain
2: fog. So then so then let's say you're seeing this patient. You're you're obviously doing those those basic things and but you're going above and beyond. So what are some things that you make sure that you look for?
0: You know, first of all, you know, believe it or not, I'm going to just hone in on the patient's diet and nutrition. You know, I'm going to ask and find out, you know, how much carbs the patient is consuming. Is uh, Because all these things, what you eat, and they have got a direct impact. You know, what kind of micronutrients they are uh, consuming. You know, I'm going to do a heavy metal screening, you know, and you'd be surprised with the results. You know, I'm going to check the B12, folate level, supplement it, check thyroid function, you know, check uh, thyroid antibodies. You know, we would actually go beyond the horizon to find out the root cause. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can... Once you get to the root cause, then you can tailor, custom tailor a treatment plan for the patients. You know, I have patients with even with depression, bipolar disorders, mania, dementia. You know, like we have adopted some healthy lifestyle choices, and you know what? In three to six months, I've seen pretty much you know phenomenal results. You know, just adopting a healthy lifestyle choices. But once you adopt it, you have to find out, you know, what are the patients deficient in. You have to make a very thorough, incisive analysis on his diet patterns, his exercise levels, his sleep, his stressors. You have to look at all the stuff. You know, it doesn't cost you a lot of money, but, you know, it takes time. But, you know, once you delve into those nitty-gritty details, trust me, Lauren, you get a mother load of information, which you can use it for the patient's, you know, welfare and treating their symptoms, treating their root causes, and treating the medical condition. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. All about addressing the root cause. Without that, you're just treating the symptoms and just playing chase basically. Once you address those symptoms and you gotta address other symptoms like possible side effects and and on and on and on it goes. I right. love it. So let's talk a little bit more about, like, food sensitivities. So we talked about wheat. Do you see other food sensitivities um, with patients that are, that can cause things like brain fog?
0: Right, you know, like, you know, you know you'd be surprised that some nuts, they do, peanuts, too. Mm-hmm. Some fruits, like strawberries, too. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, strawberries, some berries, some fruits. The berries are very good for your brain, but you can have those symptoms. You know, you can have brain fog related to certain food which provokes allergy. Now, what happens is once you have a food allergy, your body cranks in a lot of adrenaline. You get a high, so you feel like having the food because it's giving you some momentarily high. So you get into that negative spiral. You know, you try to consume the food, and then in order to actually worsen the brain fog, gives you a high, but immediately gives you more brain fog or it platters your thought processes so it's, I think the you know, food is a very, very important media that needs to be very
2: much looked into. Right. So if the food is giving you a high, that adrenaline rush. It's pos- very possible that you actually have a food sensitivity to it. So it might be good to cut exactly. it out and see how you feel, see how your brain, fog your breath. Up. Same thing yeah. with
0: chocolates. You know, people they once you have a food allergy, you know, it, it could be milk, it could be milk products, it could be chocolates, it could be peanuts. It could Mm -hmm. be strawberries. You know, you crave for that food. That's the worst part of it, that you have a natural craving because it gives you an adrenaline rush. Like you take a roller coaster ride, you enjoy it. You know, that rush, that actually is, uh, for a short while, it could be good. But, you know, if you have that adrenaline rush for a long period of time, that could be detrimental to our health and well-being.
2: Let's talk about hormones a little bit. I know that's something you use with, with, you know, some patients in the anti-aging realm. Um, How are hormones related to brain health and memory?
0: Well, you know, that's a very interesting question, Lauren, because, you know, I think, you know, there is a lot of research right now in this field. Very interestingly, if you look at the male hormones, like testosterone, you know, like uh, the highest testosterone receptors are in your brain, sorry, in your heart muscle. In your skeletal muscle and then in your brain, and testis stands at number eight, so you can really imagine that the testosterone receptors, you know they play a very crucial role in preventing dementia. We know that as we age, we have androgen decline, with androgen decline, we have got uh, less testosterone, and that waning of testosterone nowadays we think is very really strongly associated with you know cardiac health as well as, you know, like uh, brain health as well. You know, once you have lowering testosterone, obviously, you know, like we know nowadays that we have worsening dementia because young people, they have got a smart memory when the testosterone level is at its peak. You know, Mm -hmm. as we age, our testosterone level, it wanes and it goes down. So does our memory. So I think that is a very strong link. The link also applies with estrogen. Now you have to look at the estrogen which was studied was the Premarin or you know I call the horse urine estrogen. You know according to the study we call it uh, WIM, Women's Health Initiative uh, Memory Study. It's called WIM study. W H I M. They have all these fancy names in you know, different studies where mm-hmm. we figured out that you know using you know hormone supplements replacements was detrimental to our brain but it was not the right estrogen being used. You know, the right estrogen is estradiol E2. It's not oral. You have to use it transdermal, and that estrogen could be also very beneficial to your brain health. So now that there's a lot of studies on growth hormone, thyroid hormones, you know, like uh, particularly like, you know, estrogen and testosterone, a lot of very really interesting studies are being conducted. One of the most interesting studies have been done is on progest- progesterone. Like, you know, patients who have had strokes in different centers in Europe, we they use IV progesterone. The reason IV progesterone works wonders is it opens up the blood vessels. You know, it opens up the blood vessels to your brain so that your brain gets optimal blood supply once you have an active stroke. And that's the way ginkgo works as well. It's a cerebral vasodilator. There's a recent study which shows that if you give ginkgo on a patient who had a stroke, it opens up the blood vessels. More blood vessels translates to, you know, better blood flow to the brain. The more blood supply means that the tissues of the organs goes through a slower process of aging and deterioration. So it's mm-hmm. an anti-aging method.
2: Wow, so interesting. Did you say ginkgo or glucose?
0: It's ginkgo. Ginkgo. You know, yeah. Ginkgo, you know, is also a cerebral vasodilator. There was a study done very recently came out that, you know, patients who had an active stroke, they were given ginkgo, and they had a better post-stroke outcomes. And the reason is ginkgo is a cerebral vasodilator. That means it opens up the blood flow to the brain, which is uh, wonderful, you know, once you have a stroke incident.
2: Really interesting. Wow, it's so cool about hormones especially. I love that. Um, And, you know, not all all hormones are created equal. The synthetic hormones are totally different from bioidentical hormones. And the delivery route, people really don't realize that if you take it orally, it has to go through your liver and then has different metabolites. It can affect the thickness of your blood, increase certain risks of, you know, heart attack and stroke. And that's very different from doing it through the skin because that doesn't have to go through the liver. It's just absorbed right into, into the bloodstream. So very, very different delivery system.
0: Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I give my patients the right advice that, you know, if you want to clean your skin with, you know, like, if had alcohol, you rub it on your skin, you don't drink it. You know, like, yeah. you know, everything, whatever we use, has to have a proper administrative route. If you, what needs to go through your skin, if you take it orally, obviously, you know, it's going to have deleterious effects on your organ systems.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, for the listeners who just started listening to the show, we're talking to Dr. Abu Nassar. We're talking about uh, brain power and memory and how to boost your, your brain power and really interesting show all about nutrition and natural medicine and how to really maximize that. Um, I'm just curious, Dr. Nassar, do you think that um, memory loss is a normal part of aging or is it just common?
0: Actually, it is a process, but that could be slowed. You know, you know you know, you can reverse your brain, you know, brain aging nowadays because what happens to your brain cells, they need a fertilizer. We call the fertilizer for the neuronal nursery or brain cell nursery. That mm-hmm. neuropeptide is called brain-derived neurotropic factor, or BDNF. Data has shown that it can actually help your hypothalamus or some critical areas of the brain, which is responsible for storing memory. We can help it grow. It's like a fertilizer. And that we can actually make it happen through exercise, you know, through fish oils, you know, through, you know, like brain aerobics, through calorie restrictions, you know. And certainly, you know, like, uh, you know, good products like green tea, we can help that BDNF or brain-derived neurotropic factor to, to grow. And that's actually the holy grail for research in optimizing your brain health because if you have a higher concentration of BDNF, you can help your brain cells to grow and expand in size. This is something very contrary to the popular beliefs we had that brain cells, once it grows and it dies, you know, it never regenerates. And that popular myth has been dispelled by some of the research we have done on BDNF. And there are a lot of things that can promote BDNF, like meditation, there's a study which came out that if you meditate for a few hours, transcendental meditation, you can get your hypothalamus, the critical area of your brain that is responsible for storage of memory. You can help it grow. And that's very fascinating, Lauren. Uh, that does not involve a lot of money or any mumbo-jumbo type of medicine. You can do it at your home at a fraction of the cost, and you can really sh- hone and sharpen your memory skills. That's for sure.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's really not accepted that you can re regrow or you can, you know, grow brain. That's just, it's you know, once it's gone, it's gone. That's really how it's seen now. But, but there, you're saying that in research, it's showing that that's not the case, right?
0: That's not the case. You know, nowadays, you know, there are ways you can reverse memory loss. You know, like there is a study done from Salk Institute here, right here in San Diego that using turmeric, you know, because nowadays with the warts, you know, we are having a lot of, our soldiers coming back with traumatic brain injuries, you know, and we are using some product from turmeric, you know, the Indians we use it in our curry It makes our curry yellow and also present in yellow mustard that actually scavenges, you know, that helps growth of certain cells we call the microglial cells. They're your natural scavenger cells that eats away and the debris, the dead brain cell debris. And once you clean it up, there's less information. And what happens to your rest of your neurons, they can perform in a very optimal fashion. You know, that is also another critical research finding we have. There's a lot of research springing out in the conventional medical literature nowadays, Lauren, about all these natural products which we can use it on a daily basis. The science behind it is simply fascinating. I think, you know, like we all need to you know, inculcate and teach our patients and our clients about this miraculous and all this spectacular findings which we are getting in the conventional medical literature nowadays.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, so many amazing studies are coming out and it's just missed so much. So just to recap some of the things you said that can boost the brain-derived neurotrophic factor, the BDNF is brain exercises, fish oils, Brain, so, brain aerobics, exercise, calorie restriction. So, is that like intermittent fasting? Is that what you mean by
3: that? Yes, yeah,
0: that's right. You know, if you can, you know, your size of your waistline has got a direct link with your brain function. You know, and I always cut this joke in my talks that, you know, as our bodies are getting bigger and our brains are getting smaller, one day we might be, you know, extinct, like Willie the mammoth, that particular creature we see in the Disney movie. You know, like this is appalling that, you know, if you can, uh, if you have a higher waistline, your chances of dementia is much higher. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the areas I'd like to also talk about is there are certain foods, we call it amazing brain food, like avocado. We call it like God's butter. Blueberries, you know, God's candy. Turmeric, which we mentioned. Salmon, as I mentioned. And then there are a lot of other stuff Uh, like, you know, walnuts is very good. You know, green tea, excellent. So there are a lot of stuff we can use. Hello?
2: Yeah, I'm here. Really, really cool stuff. So just floating yourself up with those good brain foods. I actually had lunch with a girlfriend today. Um, Actually, it's really cool. There's a restaurant in San Diego called Saffron. You guys live locally. You can check it out. And they have um, a dish called brain food. Um, I actually didn't even make the connection. I'm doing this show tonight on the brain, but um, and it was just loaded with turmeric and kale and um, just all different types of spices and stuff. And I'm feeling pretty good. I feel pretty clear-headed right now. So maybe it's doing its thing.
1: <laughs> right.
2: What so we should concoct um, are...
0: our own food, Lauren, and try to market it. You know, like you know, we Indians we love our curry. You know, curry we have a lot of turmeric. We use a lot of spices. You know, which is actually very good for your brain health you know, like simple spices, like, you know, we call it garam masala and stuff that make, make you hot. But hey, do well, you know what it does? It actually burns your belly fat. And that is also, it is a very powerful antioxidant which has got remarkable properties to help and optimize your brain function. It can hone up your memory. It can actually be very well, you can treat it for depression and other uh, problems, psychiatric problems. And those things need to be rediscovered, Lauren. We need to popularize these things to our audience, to our patients, to our clients. That's the way we need to disseminate the knowledge, you know, what we have to the general public so that they can adopt a very healthy
2: lifestyle. Totally, 100% agreed. Uh, You ready to take a caller, Dr. Nassar? Sure. Okay, great. We have a caller from the... Uh, let's see if I can get my switchboard to work properly. a caller from the 407. You're on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling Thanks. from?
3: Yeah, from Orlando. My name is Nathan in Orlando. i uh, got a question. Do you have a website? Because you were naming off the foods and, you know, I just can't write fast enough. And I was wondering if you had a list someplace I could go look at that. Actually, you know, I give a lot of talks, you know, like we are building up our
0: website. But I, if you have a second, I can... You. you know, I can spell it out. Number one, okay. best fo- stuff is avocado.
3: Number avocado. Two is blueberries.
0: Blueberry. Number three is turmeric. Now, what was number that? Th- turmeric, like, you know, curcumin. It's number turmeric. It's,
2: it's what's in curry, the spice of curry. curry, turmeric.
0: And curry, okay. Number four is red peppers. Red pepper. Number, number five is any colored fruit. Any kind of fruit. Yeah, colored fruits. Like this, you know, which has got uh you know, like like blackberries has got the color black, orange colored fruit, you know, red colored fruit. So different colors, fruit, fruits from different colors of the spectrum is very good okay. for your health because those colored pigments are very good for your brain function. Then you know walnuts, you know, is very good. Sockeye salmon is very good. You know, the wild alaskan salmon or the sockeye salmon is very good. Albacore tuna is very good. Ginger is very good for your brain. Resveratrol is very good for your brain and so is green tea. You know, green tea is awesome. You know, it does work wonders on your brain.
3: Okay. What do you think of this stuff, a uh, late night TV where they're advertising brain pills? Like there's a, a stuff called Procera uh, aviation so you put much stock in those stuff that when they sell no, them I stuff? don't I don't uh. because you know there are a lot of things you know like on the late night TV you
0: know they you know it's all about a lot of the stuff they talk about I consider them to be scam, you know they don't have any yeah scientific basis to support it all they have is a good marketing arm just like the pharmaceutical industry does you know I don't yeah. think a lot of things are not substantiated and they have a lot of concoctions you know, a lot of things together you know, there is a, there's a wonderful science behind how different nutrients they work. It's synergy. If you add a lot of yeah. stuff together, that doesn't mean that you will have a better outcome. It could be
3: detrimental. Yeah, yeah. you sure. you
0: need professional help
3: to get it situated. Okay, well I appreciate that. I'm I'm enjoying the show. It's a great show. I just I've never heard you before. I uh, just I was just scanning through looking at uh, looking for a political show and I ran across the brain power and memory so I thought like well, you, you know just to give
0: you previewed it you know I'm on the other side of the coast you know it's not sunny Florida but it's sunny California and yeah. uh, you know like uh, you know it's a place to be you know like uh, you come over and visit
3: us
1: here <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. Yeah, I just the, the the thing with memory, I'm I'm politically involved and and, and and this is something I've noticed. People have a short memory and I watch politicians move people with their short term memory and and I mean I'm I'm just like a stick in the mud because I'll hear somebody say something and I'll Yeah, but you said this and you you did this and da 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 and when, and I got into a conversation today on an issue and whenever someone said something I know that's not true and then I went back and I showed them what the person said in another one and you can't get that from Talk Radio or even the nope. other media either media they they can nope. uh, you know they just they they keep us in the right now and then later we have to live well I give you a lot of policy a lot of political policy I've noticed is enacted and put into place before they want us to make a decision about it. And then it's like, you know, it's like they're dragging us along, and and it's all on the memory, you know,
1: which I've always
3: my memory from what is important from me, and I've noticed something else that that gives me a strong memory. If I can attach an emotion to something, that emotion makes it seeming it in better, you know. You know what, uh, may I have your name once again? You are? Yeah, Nathan. Nathan. Nathan.
0: You know, if you allow me, let me give you a political trip. You know, like whenever I give my talks, I make all those, you know, make it very humorous. You know, once you add a lot of emotion and humor, people retain the information better. So I always got this thing, you know, like when Alberto Gonzalez he was grilled by both IELTS sides of the Congress, you know, both aisles, he mentioned the term, I don't recall, 77 times. You know, like huh. Nancy Pelosi, she has no recollection of all the briefings she had from CIA about torture on foreign nationals. Even our former governor of California he has no recollection about have, having a child, <laughs> of having a son. Yeah. So we yeah. got a selective memory loss among the politicians. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but 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 and, and listen, this is the thing on the memory. You got the Republicans and the Democrats, Me and you down here, Republicans and Democrats, at each other's throats, fussing all the time. But if you look uh, back at at the different administrations in the two parties, what right. one policy that they're fussing about now complicates the next one when they're in. You know, right. well, uh, Nixon's no good, but what Nixon did. Uh, complimented what Carter did, but Carter's no good to the Democrats. Uh And you see it, and we're sitting around, Uh we're fussing whenever, if we were to use our memory, we would be against both of them. I I, I agree. Not only memory, but your executive function that is even more important. A person can have a good memory,
0: but can have a very poor judgment. A person can remember names, like some politicians do, but they would make a very hasty decision which is not good for the nation or good for the their constituents. So that's a very whole new area, you know, what we call it, like emotional IQ, political IQ. You know, yeah. having an optimal brain function does not only involve memory improvement, but it encompasses everything, like executive function, critical decision-making process, and a lot of yeah. other plethora.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to hang up and keep listening, but I just want to say <laughs> just – uh, me personally and I and I, I uh, memory's a big thing to me, but I learned something many, many years ago and I heard somebody say, you know, you hear that a person talk about a tragedy and they said uh this and which is postpartum like what do you call this, um, um what do you call it, um post traumatic distress disorder.
0: Right.
3: Is your mind that's your mind getting stuck in one spot. Right. Your memory you and know, you your know mind what? is getting stopped. But this is what this person said, and I, I've never forgotten, and I, I've used it, and it gives, it's given me a good memory. He said, you know, you'll hear people say, well, I had this tragedy, and, and I, I blocked it out. And he said, you cannot block it out because emotion is what keeps the memory going. And he goes, if you can attach an emotion to an event or to some information, you will never forget it. And I, I have found using humor... Or, or using humor or telling a joke and then relating it to the information, they will always remember it and and never You're forget it. You know. And 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 again, even if like if I can't remember your name, uh, it goes back to an emotion. Whenever we were talking, your name was not important to me, or the information wasn't important to me. So I, when I run into you, it's like, wait, 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 what was your name again? And, and, oh, i got a bad memory. No, no, you remembering your name was not uh-uh. important, which is an emotion.
0: Exactly. You know? and just, so But, hey, and uh, this is a great story. And later, that's the thing what we call it nowadays, our emotional brain. You know, our yeah. emotional brain is the driver for our executive brain. They are all intertwined. There's the beauty of brain. You have this component called emotional brain. You have a component called attention brain, which is the prefrontal lobes which helps you have attention to anything. You know, you have the emotional brain that is on the driver's seat. So all those components of the brain needs to work in harmony to optimize your brain function.
3: Yeah, yeah. Great, great. Well listen, I'm gonna hang up and keep listening because I don't want to take up your time. You got a lot of wisdom. Thank you, ma'am. Thank
2: you. Thank you so My much question. for calling in, Nathan. Wow, and also wanted to tell Nathan too, that you're staying up watching infomercials to get your brain boosted, you also need a lot of sleep to have good brain function. Dr. Nassar, will you address uh, the importance of sleep and brain function as
0: well? Absolutely. Since cable TV was discovered, you know, like I think, you know, <laughs> it's a tremendous job on our brain. You know, like uh, we are sleeping less. You know, our forefathers slept for 10 hours a day. Think, uh, nowadays, about like you know, less than six hours a day, which is not good. So there are a lot of things going on, you know, like, you know, we are exposed to bright light, artificial light, that lowers the melatonin levels, which is not good for our brain either. So we have disrupted our sleep pattern. We live in a society where we like to enjoy TV, go out in the bar, have a nightlife. It stops our sleep cycle, which is not good, and uh, which is not good for our optimum brain function we need to have at least eight hours of sleep, quality sleep a day. I mean it. Eight hours a night of good night's sleep, uninterrupted sleep, is all we need for to optimize our brain function.
1: Mhm.
2: It has to be good quality in total darkness, no night lights, no street lights exactly. coming coming through the window. And I, I tell patients every hour before midnight is worth two hours. you going to make sure you get it earlier in the night as well. Um, exactly. Let's see, what else did I want to, for the callers who just started listening, we're talking to Dr. Abu Nassar. Um, If you want to call in, we probably have time for one more question, 818-495-6919. If you're on the call or on the line already and you want to ask a question, just go ahead and press 1 and we'll get your question on the air. Um, Let's see here, you mentioned brain exercises. Can you talk a little bit about that? I remember you talking about it to a patient I thought it was really interesting.
0: I, I could hear you. Would you kindly repeat it once again? Oh Let yeah, you just, sure. Uh,
2: you mentioned uh, brain exercises. Could you kind of walk through that a little bit for, uh, for the listeners?
0: For what the uh, optimizing the brain health program.
2: Yeah, the brain uh, exercises that you that you have. Oh, the do. brain
0: exercises. Well, you know what happens is this is a very popular term, which the Chinese people they coin it a lot. They call it that brain aerobics. You know, a lot of studies done from University of China at Hong Kong. What happens and one of the major research has been done right here in Southern California through the researcher called uh, Gary Small. Now Gary Small was at UCSD and then he went over to UCLA. He runs a program called ADNIO, and IR, neurologic initiative or neurodiagnostic imaging. So what they studied that, you know, your right side of your brain is responsible for, you know, vision. Left side is responsible for logic and reasoning and language, so if you can get into some aerobics like you know you can integrate your right side and your left side together simultaneously, what you can do is you can have potentiate your brain function, you can actually increase your memory skills, you can have better executive function, you know it really opens up your doors and windows to a lot of brilliant opportunities you know which you can. Harbor, you can pr- promote, you know, like better understanding of things. You can augment your brain to do much better when it comes to critical decision-making processes, logical reasoning, computations. You name it, your brain can do wonders. So this is actually a concept which we describe as brain aerobics.
2: Love it, and Nathan was totally right. I mean, if you attach a, an emotion to a memory, you really remember that more. Or even things that are just kind of quirky. I remember when we were studying for uh, board exams for school, we would always make make the uh, acronyms for remembering big concepts as something right. either really offensive or sexual, or you know, uh-huh. something where it was just really it would <laughs> strike an emotion. Or
0: you know, you don't try to provoke me, Lord, and I'll start opening up with all the acronyms we use in medical school. They'll change your show ratings to something like <laughs> that but you know what in our part of the world you know, i was born in bangladesh and people they didn't have birth certificates so a lot of people they used to compute with the year like if somebody was born in 1945 and they used to compute it or they could relate it to the war or some other natural event or a natural disaster like an earthquake or a drought or famine What best the way people remember their date of birth their wedding anniversaries a lot of other things, they they use it, they use a natural event or a catastrophic event as a reference point. So, you know, that actually comes back to our our, original discussions about emotional brain. If you can link any particular event with some major, you know, catastrophic event or some great event, you know, that's the way you can really remember a lot of information.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Uh, let's see. We'll take another caller here from the 303. Caller, are you there? I am. Thanks for calling, Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from?
1: My name's Barb, and I'm calling from Colorado.
2: Hey, Barb. What's your question for Dr. Nassar?
1: My question is this. It's on a serious. By the way, I loved Nathan. I thought he was terrific. But that <laughs> could be another show. <laughs> anyway. It's a
0: show. How about that?
1: yeah different show uh my question is um my grandmother died from alzheimer's my father just passed away uh last this actually this year i've probably already got it but anyway my call is is this a genetic gene that i need to worry about or can i stop it with me i'm 60 years old i'm a little concerned i eat really healthy already i could probably do more of the brain aerobics um but I find that a lot of times I just want to do fun things, you know. I just want to have fun in life. And um, I don't know if that gets taken away from other emotions like depression or. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the Alzheimer's because it's in my family line. And I don't know if that's a fear that I need to take seriously or I just need to ignore it and um, get on with life.
0: Barb, I'll give you a very good, you know, reassurance remark. You know, you eat, drink, be merry, be happy, sleep a lot, have a lot of, you know, like sex, you know, do a lot of traveling, learn a new language, learn a new musical instrument. You know, these things are all crucial. I have to quote you the study, which is one of the most fascinating studies ever done, called the twin study. You know, done uh, which which was published in the Journal of Medicine, I believe in the year 1994. I might be mistaken, but somewhere during somewhere in the 90s, but they figured out that patients who actually had had an identical twin, the chances of having the same disease was only 20. The remaining 80% was environmental. So what kind of messages, you know, our genes are immersed in the environmental soup. What kind of messages we are sending to our genes is important. That dictates what kind of conditions chronic conditions like Alzheimer's dementia, cancer, you know, heart disease, osteoporosis, strokes, you know, what kind of diseases which we might have is dictated by the messages, you know, our environment is sending to our genes. So that is very crucial. Your chances of having dementia, even with you know, we call it a gene called apoe 4 gene or so, you know, like patients are very much likely to have dementia if they have a close relative, but still the chances are twenty percent. The remaining eighty percent is in your hands. you can control your own destiny, which I think is important so you eighty
1: percent is wonderful <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, that's right, so you can actually you know have a much much better living you know if you are careful, if you watch your diet, if you're happy, if you're sleeping well, you know I am not going to disrupt my sleep for my father or my mother or even my identical twin, which I don't have one. You know had to because I know that the remaining eighty percent is within my reach and my control. The human destiny is in our hands. that's the most critical thing.
1: Well, thank you very much. You've that given me hope. You've given me eighty percent now i I need to run with it. <laughs> thank you so much. great show, thank, thank you, thank you. All right,
2: I, I see a couple more people on the phone lines. If you want to ask a question, go ahead and press 1, and I will get you in before the end of the show. Um, really good stuff, Dr. Nassar. What else What else would you like to mention? Anything else that I'm not asking about or any nutrients or supplements you love?
0: Actually, you know, I love a lot of supplements. You know, you know, I, I love ginkgo. There is a lot of studies on that. You know, there is a lot of stuff on cinnamon. You know, if you sniffle cinnamon, that increases your IQ performance. You know, blueberries, you know, is good. Nuts is good. But one of the things which we fail to discuss is stress. You know, stress, a yeah. little bit of stress, if somebody is listening to our program, you know, like, you know, they're listening, they're doing some active thought process, that actually, that low-level stress brain. You know, that helps the brain to grow and expand. But too much stress for a long period of time stimulates cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. I call it the battery acid. You know, what the battery acid do, does to any metal, that's what cortisol does to the brain. It damages the brain. So we have to learn to cope up with stress. Coping up with stress, you know, we don't have control of what happens. You know, there was a crazy shooter yesterday in San Diego, you know, shooting at ambulance and other cars. But you know what? You know, I was stranded in the traffic. You know what, I was, uh, it took me an hour and a half to pick my son from school, but I actually maintained a calm composure, and you know, I was thinking about the beautiful things which is happening in the rest of the world, and you know, I was thinking about a very brighter and a much more prospective and f- as something much more, you know, enlivening memories I was trying to nurture inside me, and that mm-hmm. actually, that's the way I, you know, like, drown my emotions, you know, I, Got to cope up with that stressful event, I think we need to learn how to cope up with stress. We have to change our perception about life and our, you know, health, and we have to change our perception about the material things we consume to have a much better and stressless lifestyle. Absolutely,
2: I 100% agree with you. Yeah, it's all about visualization and just deciding what you're going to focus on, and and just making sure to just enjoy life around you. You know, stress is not going to stop. That's just let's just be honest with you. And I, I love working with you with patients because <laughs> you're just like walking Zen. You know, I mean, there's madness happening all around you, and yet you have this inner strength that I notice about you that you just don't get you know, thrown off by things. You just tend to really keep that calm about you. And I think that anybody has that ability. You don't have to be so susceptible to circumstance.
0: Uh, That's right. You know, uh, my father, he was an avid reader of the Hindu mythology. And the greatest character was called Yudhishthita, a person. You know, he was one of the divine gods they mentioned in the Hindu scriptures. That guy, that divine god, as he was described, was calm under any kind of stress or duress And he was mm-hmm. actually the ultimate winner. The ultimate winner in life is a person who can remain calm and have a calm composure and a poise under any kind of stressful situation. You know, I think we have to learn to do it. You know, we have to learn how to meditate. Maybe we need to get to a monk before we come to a MD or a physician that we have to get to a monk to learn how to meditate and how to have, you know, a better way to cope up with stressors in our lives.
2: Yeah, for sure, 100% agreed. Dr. Nassar, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anything else you want to leave with the listeners before you go?
0: You know, I want to wish you all a very wonderful optimal health. I hope you remember what I have said, and I really (laughs) appreciate your kind attention. And, Lauren, thank you very much for getting me into your very lively program. Really appreciated it. Thank you very much, everybody.
2: Pleasure is all ours. Thanks so much. Have a great night.
0: Thank you.
2: Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, everybody. That was our show with Dr. Nassar. Fabulous. If you uh, missed the uh, amazing brain foods, I will repeat them for you. Avocado, walnuts, salmon, green tea, blueberries, turmeric, red peppers, A variety of colors with your fruits, all the different blues and greens and orange and all of that. Sockeye salmon, albacore tuna, ginger, resveratrol, and that's the antioxidant in uh, grapes, as well as green tea, and cinnamon as well. And I think that was it for the list. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Next week's show, we will have Mark Sisson. He's the author of. The Primal Blueprint will be a really great show. If you uh, would like to get on my newsletter, definitely go to the website, drlaurennoel.com. That's D-R-L-A-U-R-E-N-N-O-E-L.com. And I will get you signed up on our newsletter list. And I will check you guys next week. Have a fabulous rest of your week. Take care. Bye-bye.